This episode is in partnership with Dell Technologies. Looking for the right tech solutions for your business? Look no further. You go the distance for your business, and so do we. To find out more, visit dell.co.uk forward slash smallbiz. Welcome to the latest First Voice monthly roundup podcast brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news, tips and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. This episode is our April Small Business Roundup in which we will take a look at some of the important issues hitting the headlines at the moment and which you need to be aware of right now as small business owners. Uh, To help us look at some of those issues, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by two guests, and they are Tina McKenzie, who is FSB Chair Policy and Advocacy, uh, and is going to talk us through the key announcements for small businesses in the Chancellor's recent spring statement, and Darren Park, Senior Policy Advisor at the FSB, covering finance, tax, and economic policies, who will talk us through the latest developments on making tax digital. Thanks very much, uh, both of you, for joining. Uh, Tina, I'll start with you, if I may. Um, There are a few announcements in the spring statement that will impact small businesses. uh, And the first of those is the expansion of the employment allowance. Uh, Now, I know this is something that uh, was a bit of an FSB proposal, wasn't it? Can you tell us why it's important and how it's going to help small businesses? Sure. So this is an increase in the employment alliance from April of this year. And eligible employers, mostly small and micro uh, businesses, will be able to reduce their employer national insurance bills by up to £5,000 per year. So it's a tax cut worth up to £1,000 per employer. And as a result of that, John, that means that businesses will be able to employ four full-time employees on the national living wage without paying employer national insurance contributions. So this was huge for us and our members because our members are small businesses with small staff numbers. And we wanted to ensure that whilst we couldn't convince the government to give up on the national insurance increase, that we could at least protect small businesses from some of that increase. So that was that was a, a win for us and hugely important for the small business community. So that's an extra thousand pounds of a tax cut for those that are eligible. Brilliant. Thank you. And what else was in the spring statement for small businesses? So we also had, obviously, the five pence um, decrease in fuel duty, which is very important. We've got a lot of people out there in their businesses are their vehicles um, and they're traveling all over the country. And the, in- the increases we're seeing in the cost of fuel, be it diesel or petrol, is having a huge impact on small businesses. And so the 5p decrease in the fuel duty was welcome, albeit that obviously we're still seeing that going up. We still welcome any so- sort of a cut that can help businesses. Um, and then also uh, there was an announcement that from April of this year, self-employed individuals with profits between the small profits threshold and the lower profits limit 
will continue to build up national insurance credits, but will still not pay any class two national insurance contributions. And that was important for us because that ensures that those self-employed people are now going up to the 12.570 level from July. And that's about 500,000 self-employed people uh, and that's a value of about £165 per year to them. So that was also a real win for us too. So that that's good news. So I think those three things um, are the three kind of headlines for us in, in the spring statement. Um, but obviously, lots more to do, John. No, that's brilliant. And what's your assessment of whether this was a, a good or a bad spring statement for, for small businesses? Well, I think what we know is that it's a very bad environment out there. So, you know, in the context of the fact that we've got increased incre- increased interest rates on some of the highest levels of debts that businesses are carrying post-COVID, they were supposed to be going into the recovery. And then, unfortunately, We have the terrible war going on in the Ukraine, the increase in energy prices, and with that, increase in taxes uh, from the government. And that's all kind of layered on to make it a very tough environment. So whatever the spring statement was going to say, it was never going to be the answer to all of our problems. And what we try to encourage the government to do is to, you know, be aware that if you if you if you do not support and help some of these small businesses, which was our argument about the employment alliance, then in fact you may do the opposite of what you want to do because we may end up having to let people go in employment, closing small businesses down. We know that, for example, our small businesses numbers have gone from 5.9 million across the UK to 5.5. That is a 400,000 number of small businesses net that have closed down over the last year and a half and that's worrying it's worrying for our high streets it's worrying for investment it's worrying for the future for us so we've got to encourage small business within the UK remembering that small business is 99% of all the enterprises in the United Kingdom and over two trillion of our GDP so we've got to protect this entrepreneurial environment that we have and we've got to ensure that we keep businesses growing opening so that we can encourage um, uh, higher taxes in terms of the businesses opening and, and a good economic environment rather than just upping taxes and businesses then having to close. There's a way of, of, of servicing our public services whilst encouraging business as well. And we're here to encourage the government to get that balance, get the balance right. Right. And we know FSB is working away in the background, lobbying the government on small business issues all the time. What are you focused on right now and what perhaps would you like to see by the time we come around to the autumn autumn statement? Well, one of the biggest issues across the United Kingdom for small businesses and medium-sized businesses is business rates. Every government has acknowledged in the last 10 years that actually uh, the rate system is not fit for purpose. Uh, we don't think it's it's fair that um, a lot of the businesses that are taking uh, the buildings in the high street, et cetera, the retailers, et cetera, they're carrying such a load. And we know that the government have the challenge of where else are they going to get that 25 to 30 billion pounds that they bring in every year across the UK on rates. The challenge is that business rates are actually killing some businesses. 
the level of business rates. Now, we have to acknowledge that the government in England has um, the business rates multiplier frozen now for 2022 to 2023. And those retail, hospitality and leisure businesses that are eligible may benefit from a temporary 50% rates relief, which was worth 1.7 billion. But that no in no way really solves the issue for those businesses that want to get out, they want to start, they want to open on the high street, and the level of rates is just way too high. And we see in other countries uh, ways that they've they've adopted better better solutions to this to encourage uh, small businesses. And we want to keep that flavour in our high streets. We want to keep those small boutiques. We want to keep what's unique about the United Kingdom High Street. We want it to be flourishing. And I think re-looking at business rates is the best way for the government to encourage that small business economy right across the urban and rural network. Um, And they've got to find a solution. So we're talking to them a lot about that. And we know that a lot of businesses have pivoted onto online. So they may also have a physical presence and an online presence, or a lot of them have just gone online. And we just want to encourage And that's a good thing. But we also want to encourage the government not to leave behind those that simply have to have a physical presence because it's it's important not just to the economy. It's important for local employment. Remember, small businesses are the ones that um, through COVID have really helped in their communities getting parcels to their local elderly, you know, ensuring that they're supporting their local charities, their local sports clubs. And they are the ones that we find help the most, what we call the hardest to help into employment, those that are furthest away from the labour market. So it's not just about helping small business from an economic point of view. It ticks so many boxes from our local communities, our local high streets, and creating a great place to live and work. And that's something that I think the full change and restructure of business rates would really help not just those small businesses, but help us all. Brilliant. Thanks, Tina, for that wander through um, the big announcements from the the spring statement. Um, Darren, I'd like to to move on to an issue that many small businesses will likely have heard a lot about but may not fully understand the details of, and that's making tax digital. Um, For those not fully aware, can you just sort of summarise what it is and how it works? Yeah, of course. So making tax digital is the government's way of digitalising the tax platform in the UK. So the idea is, it's been rolled in kind of tax by tax specifically, but the idea is from X many years in the future, all taxes will be done through online platforms. And and the reason for this is we are a digital economy. We we are now moving into a digital age and paper transactions, paper receipts are becoming quickly a thing of the past. Making tax digital is designed to improve the efficiency in which businesses deal with the tax system. So things like cash flow, time spent on tax compliance, and um, the complexity of the tax system are all meant to improve quite significantly when making tax digital take up is completed effectively. But but as you said, it's um, it's relatively new in how it's being introduced. So we've had a, had a few years of MTD for... VAT so far for the larger businesses, those above the kind of VAT taxable threshold. And we're now moving into a phase where it's it's moving to all VAT registered businesses. So those who deal with VAT are the ones who experience making tax digital first. But over the next coming years, it's, it's going to be expanded into areas such as income tax 
and eventually corporation tax. And I imagine others will follow suit on, on that as well. Yeah, great. And, um, you know, MTD was meant to land about now, beginning of April, um, but we're seeing what the government's calling a soft landing um, rather than a hard landing. What exactly do they mean by that? So uh, the soft landing approach is is that you effectively don't have a hard deadline of when you need to switch over to the new system. So I think it's around two months from April, you have the kind of switching period. So if you don't currently use MTD compliant software, to do your tax receipts, you've got that period in which to shift over. But, but the, I mean, the entire MTD approach so far has been a relatively soft launch. If you, if you think about it, especially from kind of the small business perspective, it, it's only the larger businesses that are currently dealing with MTD. So if you're above the £85,000 VAT taxable threshold, you, you had to do it from 2019, I think it is. And so effectively, you've had that time period in the gap between when they were told they've got to get onto MTD to now where all businesses need to get onto it to prep. But in what you're referring to is the, is the two-month period to officially switch, I suppose. Yeah, and that two months is uh, is a help, but it's not a, a huge amount of time, and I'm sure it will pass quickly. So so you know, what is FSB saying about how small businesses can find out more around MTD and, and, and get themselves MTD compliant? So, so I agree. Pre- preparation is key. Um, the sooner you can get your your business kind of up and running with MTD software, the better, and the more um, the easier the switch will be. Uh, and FSB is helping on this. If you go onto the FSB website, fsb.org.uk/forward/slash/mtd, we have a full web page explaining the transition, explaining the routes in which you can use. And um, we, we've partnered with a company called Rhino. So if you have a membership with the FSB, you get some form of uh, MTD compliant software as part of that, which is, which is definitely worth looking into if it's the first time you're adopting kind of um, online digital uh, track uh, transaction methods. Brilliant. Uh, Tina, Darren, thanks so much for, for talking us through those uh, key small business announcements uh, in the headlines right now as part of our monthly Small Business Roundup podcast series. Really helpful. Um, thank you also to our audience for listening to this episode, which was brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies. Uh, while I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks. This episode is in partnership with Dell Technologies. Looking for the right tech solutions for your business? Look no further. You go the distance for your business, and so do we. To find out more, visit dell.co.uk forward slash small biz.